Good evening, and welcome to the Walking by Faith webcast. My name is Elon, and I will be your host this evening. It's so good to be back together, well, sort of, to celebrate 26 years of broadcasting the Word of God through Walking by Faith. Back in 1995, we started as a local program reaching about 1 million people here in Michigan. And now, we have a potential of 5.5 billion viewers from countries all around the world. Tonight, you get to hear from a few people whose lives have been impacted by this ministry. You'll also get some worship and a word from pastors Ken Reynolds, Becca Vanderklok, Rick Renner, and Dwayne Vanderklok. Don't be afraid to share this webcast. Blast it all over social media. Now, are you ready to grow in your faith tonight? Drop a comment in the chat and let us know you're here and where you're watching from. If you need prayer, we have a team ready to connect with you tonight. I'm so glad that you've joined us. You know, our purpose is to change lives by presenting the Word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Our vision is to save souls, heal hearts, and transform lives. I am so excited to be able to take the Word of God around the world, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ that not only changes men's lives now, but literally changes their destiny. Now, listen carefully, because we've all probably thought this or said this. We said, the Word of God, it's powerful, it's miraculous, and there is nothing stronger than the Word of God. But listen to me. Not true. Because the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, and the desire for other things, putting other things first instead of the kingdom, the Bible says it'll choke the word. It'll choke the word. It will choke the word. You say, yeah, but the words are here. Yeah, but the Bible says it'll choke the word. And you will become unfruitful if you just had 3 million or 10 million or wherever the number is, and you make that your pursuit instead of the kingdom of God, it will choke the word of God. Now listen, God is not against your being blessed. The Bible says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, who richly gives us all things to enjoy. God wants you blessed. He wants you to enjoy what you have. The Bible says he richly gives you all things to enjoy, but that can't be your pursuit. Our pursuit cannot be the pursuit of stuff. Our number one pursuit needs to be the kingdom of God. But seek first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. See, my prayer is that if Jesus tarries for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, that you will not be seduced that you will not be offended, but that you will be producing fruit in the kingdom of God. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner, and I wanna say thank you for letting me come right into your space. And Pastor Dwayne, thank you for inviting me to be a part of this event. Think about it, walking by faith 
has now been broadcasting for 26 years. That's a lot of worldwide impact. In fact, I'm able to watch Walking by Faith right here in Moscow. That's where I'm coming to you from. I live in Moscow, Russia, and I can see Pastor Dwayne on Walking by Faith right here in Moscow. And think about it, for 26 years, you've been broadcasting the teaching of the Bible all over the world. Jesus promised us in Matthew chapter 28 that if we would go into all the world and teach all nations, His power would show up in our lives. That's what He promised in Matthew chapter 28. He said, Lo, if you'll do this, I'll be with you even unto the end of the age. And do you know that word low in Greek is the word edu? It carries the idea of bewilderment or amazement. Somebody that's just dumbfounded. It's like Jesus says, wow, wow, wow. It is amazing. If you'll go or if you'll help others to go, wow, will my power ever show up in your life? I promise it all the way to the end of the age. And it is Jesus' guarantee that if we go with the gospel or if we help others to go, his divine power will show up in our lives. And without ever budging from the place where you are right now, just by clicking the button and you can become a partner, you can become a missionary to help take the teaching of the Bible around the world with Pastor Dwayne and with walking by faith. What a powerful thing. And if you'll do it, Jesus promises that his power will show up in your life. I believe it. It is God's guarantee. So do it today. And if you're already a partner, my friend, never underestimate what you're doing. You are affecting people's lives. And I personally want to say thank you. We will be hearing more from Rick Renner later this evening. But just like Rick said, we want to make it easy for you to partner with us and get connected from the comfort of your own home. The Bible says in Romans 10, 14, and 15, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We have four easy ways for you to give tonight to become a partner with us to help spread the truth of God's word all around the world. One, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. Two, you can check out the new giving tab on our app. Three, you can mail a check or a money order to the address on your screen. And four, a new text to give option. Text RESGIVE to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the drop-down menu. Thanks to some of our generous partners, tonight we have a special matching gift of $300,000. This means your gift will be doubled, multiplying its impact in reaching others with the gospel. Hello, I am Becca, and I used to be a host here at Walking by Faith, and it is my honor today to get to share for just a minute on Growing Faith. And I think one of the important things for us to realize when it comes to growing anything is that in order to grow it, we have to know what we planted. So a couple of years ago, I was planting my garden and I did a spot for lettuce. And so I threw the, threw the seeds out in just this basic, basic rectangle. And a couple of weeks later, the plants were coming up. And so I went out and I started thinning it all out. And when I got halfway through the bed of lettuce, I thought, you know what? It, it would make sense if I knew what the lettuce is supposed to look like. 
And so I looked it up and and sure enough, what had happened is I had actually been pulling up lettuce because I didn't know what to look for. And faith is the same way. If we want our faith to grow, we have to start by understanding what it is that we planted. And the thing is, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. One of the best ways that we can know what our faith is supposed to look like is by getting into God's word. So I love, um, whenever it comes to faith, going to Hebrews 11. It says, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. In, four, in verse 4 it says, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering. Verse 5, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven. And then verse 7, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed. And in verse 11, it says it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. And one of the things I think when I look at all of these things is that they did something. Faith was them asking God, God, you know, what are you telling me to do? And it was them acting. So the word says that faith without works is dead. That's in James 2. And so we can build our faith by looking at what God has asked us to do and acting on behalf of that. And the other thing is that the word tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Now, it doesn't say that faith comes by heard. It comes by hearing. And so if you are wanting to be building your faith in God, then the best thing that you can be doing is spending time in his word. Look through the promises that he has given his children. Look through the things he has done for people of faith throughout the word. And you can rest on that. And then once you see the promises he's given us, you know what you are growing. You know what you have planted. And you and I have got to get to the place where we've been musing, we've been meditating on that word. And we believe that that word is true, that it's true today, and it's true concerning you and concerning me. Find God's promise that deals with the situation that you're facing in your life. Whether it's, it's a giant, a mountain, whatever that problem is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Now, notice that little phrase, in him. When you become a Christian, you are in him. And once you're in him, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Hi, I'm Ken Reynolds, and I'm a worship pastor at Resurrection Life Church. And I want to share a story with you, something that happened to me. On March 6th, 2018, I received a call from my doctor. The doctor gave me some news that I wasn't expecting, and it was that I had lymphoma, which is a form of cancer. I was shocked. The reason I was shocked is because I wasn't expecting it. They were thinking that maybe it was an infection. You know, a lot of times you'll get a test done, and they're telling you what it could be. But they had really had not done that with this. So I had to ingest that news. I had to kind of process it. It was early in the morning. I had to decide at that moment, am I going to let this shake me or am I going to walk through it? And at that point, I realized that the battle was going to first start in my mind. 
I had to get a hold of that information. And a lot of times in life, that's where things start. That's where the battle begins, in your mind, how you process it, how you're gonna think about it. Are you gonna let it control everything that you, that you do? I wanna share a scripture that brought me through at least the first part of that, that journey. Because it was, a, it was a two year journey and I'm still walking through it, but I'm doing good. But at that time, Psalm 23 was brought, was brought to my mind that brought me comfort during that time. And you know, I ended up writing a song to that Psalm. One of the lines in that scripture that is in this song says, yea, though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And you notice in that scripture, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley. It doesn't say, yea, though I sit in the valley. Yea, though I sulk in the valley. It doesn't say, yea, I whine in the valley. You know, a lot of times we do that. We're facing something and we're, we're faced with some challenges or some obstacles and we have a pity party. You know, it's understandable. We have emotions, things that happen to us and, and we don't sometimes know what to do. But the Bible is clear. In that scripture, it says we walk through the valley that we will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with us. And I knew that my story wasn't done. And that was one of the things that got me through because I knew my story wasn't done. You know, verse two of that song says, the Lord is my shepherd and I know where my help comes from. I will fear no evil because the best is yet to come. I had to really believe that. I had to believe that God had better things for me, that my better days were ahead. And the latter days are greater than the past. And my story wasn't done. And your story isn't done. You know, in life, we face a lot of different obstacles. Some are small, some are, some are little molehills, and some are big mountains. You know, this was a big mountain in my life. I ended up going through a bone marrow transplant. I endured some treatments. I was in the hospital for just about a month. I mean, there were days where I was in a lot of pain. And, you know, I had an opportunity to either get depressed and look at the the negative side of things, or to keep my eyes on God. The battle started in my mind. So it was what my focus was. And I had to choose to make my focus not what I was going through, but to focus on God. I had to face the reality. I had a lot of support, a lot of friends, my wife and my, my two kids and my family. They supported me. But my focus needed to be on God. I had to realize that the songs that I sing about every week, I had to live that out. You know, we sing these songs every week. We read our scriptures. Some of us have been walking this walk for a long time. But when you face a challenge like this, some of you have faced some challenges like this, or maybe some other challenges. You lost your job, or maybe you're going through a, a struggle with your family. We just went through COVID. I said we went through it. Actually, we're still in it. That can be discouraging, you know, and some of those same things that brought me through can bring you through even in a time like this. So you need to make a decision. You need to make a decision to either walk through the valley and keep walking or stop, look at your issues and sulk. <laughs> That's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to look at your problems. And when you do that, your problems get bigger. But what God is telling us to do is look at him. When we look at God and focus on him, he gets bigger. And he's bigger than anything that you can face. He was bigger than this and I'm getting through it. And I know that my better days are ahead. And I believed that. You know, as you listen to the words of this song, um, be encouraged by the, by the chorus, 
The words are, you are God and you are good. Right beside me, through the valley. You're always there. You promised and I believe. And what that's saying is no matter what you're going through, God is still good. He's good in the valley, he's good on the mountaintop. And I didn't realize when I wrote the song that we'd be in what we're going through right now. These words are true more today than even they were when I wrote it. So God bless you. Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lays me in green pastures and leads near the quiet stream. For you are God, you are God, right beside me, through the valley, always there, you promised, I
Isn't that some powerful worship? You can keep an eye out for a new album from Ken and the rest of the Res Life worship team later this year. This TV show isn't the only way that we're connecting with you. You can follow us on social media, download our app, listen to our podcast, chat with a prayer partner on our website, or simply call into the prayer center. Actually, our team is here with us tonight. So again, if you need prayer for anything, drop it in the chat. We'd love to stand in an agreement with you. In the last 26 years, we have done just that. We've heard from over 30,000 people who have given their lives to Jesus through our ministry. And over 280,000 others have contacted us for prayer on all sorts of topics from healing, addiction, deliverance, anxiety, peace, comfort, wisdom, and the list goes on. Here's just one story of thousands from our prayer center coordinator, LaShondra. Just recently, we had a young lady from India that emailed us, and she had just given her life over to the Lord, mm -hmm. downloaded Pastor Dwayne's Your New Life book, and she wanted prayer for her three-year-old daughter who was uh, sick with a fever for several days. Mm -hmm. uh, when we prayed for the, her daughter, we sent the email prayer back to her, and she immediately responded saying, at the very time I received your email, my daughter was healed. Come on. And she praised God, and we just thank God for opportunities like that, that we can share um, the Word of God and also glorify Him in the midst of the people's life, you know, that they get opportunity to see Christ. The Bible says this in Psalms 80, 67. It says, send us around the world with the news of your saving power and the eternal plan of your soul. You know, Every person is worth so very much. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world, but he lost his soul? In other words, we can say it like this, that every single person, their value is greater than the whole world because this world is gonna pass away, but every person is gonna live someplace forever. Now, I've had people say, well, what about social justice? You know, when we bring social justice without spiritual justice, it's just not justice at all. Listen carefully. You, are, you and I, we're called to be salt and we're called to be light. And our, our, our Christianity should influence the political process. But listen, Christianity has the same goal as a political party. Because Christianity wants to change the world. In fact, this is what they said. As uh, Paul and his companions arrive in town, they say, they're crying out and says, those who have turned the world upside down have come here also. So what were they doing? They were turning the world upside down. And Christianity ought to turn the world upside down. We are called to change the world. But not through a political process, but through the gospel. And every time the church forgets that, it's a catastrophe. You may be in the United States or Canada or someplace in, in Europe listening to this. And we are so, so happy to be able to broadcast in those areas. However, our true focus is in the 1040 window. Now the 1040 window is a rectangular area of North Africa in the Middle East and Asia, approximately 10 degrees north and 40 degrees north latitude, 8,000 
948 unreached people groups have been identified. Almost 70% of the unreached people of the world live inside that 1040 window. Over 3 billion people. Many of them have never had the opportunity to so much as hear the name of Jesus. And we're able through television to just come right into their homes where, where they don't feel threatened and they hear the gospel for the first time. Recently, out of that 1040 window, we've just heard from people from Iran, India, Bahrain, uh, Bernico Faso, Israel, Malta, uh, and, and a multitude of other nations. I watch your program on God TV. Today, as you were telling me that when you make a wrong choice, God is waiting for you to bring you back into the track. That sentence really touched me and spoke with me. So I wanted to read your new life book and set right my priorities and character. Pastor just mentioned our efforts to reach the 1040 window. And let me tell you, we have been making an impact there. Not too long ago, we heard from a man in Tajikistan, which if you don't know, is a small country in the middle of Asia, where 95% of the population is Muslim. He found Walking by Faith on Daystar and said that Pastor Duane's teachings were very useful. He has found a small community of seven other Christians and reached out for prayer for his community and his country. How amazing is that? We can help someone like him become a disciple of Christ and shine the light of God in the middle of Asia. I remember living in Mexico. Uh, my wife and I were missionaries there for seven years. I went to a particular village. In fact, we drove as far as we could and we came to a little town called Tamala, just a village, no electricity, no running water. Uh, we parked our cars there and walked a couple hours down alongside of a river. And uh, finally we arrived at a, a little village out there, probably had 600 people living in it, mud huts, thatch roofs. The village was called Chikuyuakan and spent three days there. Now we had brought a movie projector, a generator, gasoline, a power plant, all the things that we needed. And, and so we would uh, preach a message and show a movie and then have regular church services during the day. And I remember it was time to leave and I was had gathered up my stuff and I was going to carry my stuff. And a little guy, uh, this guy must have been like five foot two, five foot three. I don't think he weighed a hundred pounds, sopping wet. And he says, I'm going to carry your stuff. And you know, I was six, two and 190 pounds. And, and I, thought, I thought, man, you're not carrying my stuff. And, and he absolutely insisted. We began walking this two hours back to the other village, Tamala. He asked me if uh, I would share some of the gospel with him. And so I, I literally started in Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth. And as soon as I said it, he said, well, and God created the heavens and the earth. And every time I say something, he repeats it. And, I, and uh, after a while, it's just starting to get to me. And I said, why are you repeating everything? And he says, well, you know, I'm not from Chikuyuakan. I'm from a different village. And the people in my village sent me to Chikuyuakan because they heard you were coming. They wanted me to hear about the gospel and come back and tell them. And I don't know how to read. So I'm repeating everything so that I remember it. And I remember it just so shook me that there are people that are so hungry for the word of God that they'll walk hours and hours to hear that word and do everything that they can to remember that word. That really did have a permanent effect on me. T 
Technology allows us to do what generations before us could not do. Uh, I, I know that the devil is using technology, but God wants to use technology. I'm thinking of Christmas Eve, 1906, Bluff Brant Rock, Massachusetts. The very first gospel presentation was sent out on Christmas Eve, and they played O Holy Night and read Luke chapter 2. And it went out over the oceans, and ships all over the ocean were listening. Uh, technology should not be used by the devil. It is created for the gospel. Uh, we like to say this to our people, is that we, we marry our vision, right? But we, we date the method. The method that was used 200 years ago, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, is diff it's different today. It's different today. And because technology allows us to do things today that we could not do. The vision has not changed. It's take the gospel. But the method that we use, that has changed. I remember when we first got on television, and, and we were just local, right where we are. And uh, the Lord had put on my heart that the day would come that I would just pray one prayer on television, and we would see 10,000 people get saved. Pray that prayer from their heart. And technology just blows the walls out today. And uh, we can reach so many, many people. And not just a television program, but also we're ministering to people through our prayer center. We're helping build their faith through the resources on our website. And we're growing Christian disciples. My name is Jennifer Sanchez. I'm 20 years old and I'm from Brazil, Sao Paulo. I was watching Hillsong TV channel and then I saw you guys on the commercial. I, I really don't know why, but I decided to download it. And I, I really like it because I wanted to start studying English. So I thought it was a good opportunity to start studying, studying English and studying the Bible. So that's why I downloaded Walk by Faith app. I am a Christian. I was born and raised at church. But I, I realized that I had never questioned by my faith or my beliefs, you know. I would go there just because it was my custom. The moment that I started watching Walking by Faith, everything changed because I knew God's plans for me uh, and I knew that there is something more. God offers us everything. He paid once for all and we sometimes in our lives, we just uh, accept so, so less than we could, you know, so... Uh, I decided that I wanted to receive God's grace and his blessings, you know, because he paid everything for me and I can reclaim this, this blessing from God. So I decided that I wanted to live this life for him. So you guys uh, kind of were a, a tool to my path to God. Now I can be connected to him. <laughs> What an awesome story. If God is using Walking by Faith in your life, we want to know about it. You can either drop your story in the chat or send us an email to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. Next up, we have Rick Renner sending us a teaching all the way from Russia. Rick is the lead pastor of Good News Church in Moscow, founder of Good News Training Center, and prolific author of over 30 books. Rick has been a friend of the ministry for over 30 years, so please help me welcome Pastor Rick Renner. 
reach for your Bible, and I want you to open your Bible to James chapter 1 and verse 13. When you come to James chapter 1, verse 13, James is writing to believers that are struggling. We know from James 1, verse 1, that they've been scattered all over the place, all across the lands of the eastern part of the Roman Empire. They've lost their homes, their businesses, their finances. They've lost everything due to persecution. And now they've been struggling for quite a long time, and they begin to write letters to Pastor James, who was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He was also the half-brother of Jesus. So they thought, well, we'll write to James. If anybody should know why we're struggling, it should be James. And now James' post office box is loaded with mail coming from these struggling Jews all over the eastern part of the Roman Empire. And they're asking him, James, why are we going through the hard times that we're going through? Has God permitted all of this to come into our lives? And James responds to them in James chapter 1, verse 13, where he says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. And you understand the Greek means neither tempts any man with evil. But when you read the first part of verse 13, it is so strong in Greek. In fact, there's a double negative. It really means this. Let no man say, let no man know not anybody. I want you to stop it. Stop it now. I don't want to hear this ever again. How dare you say it? How could you possibly even allege it? Stop it. Stop it now. I never want to hear it again. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. The word tempted is really important because it is the Greek word pirazo, which carries the idea of destruction, decimation, ruin. It describes what is happening to the believers that are writing to him. Due to persecution, they've lost their jobs. Many of them have been attacked in their health. They've lost their finances. Some of them can't even find other family members because they've been scattered all over the place due to persecution. And now they're wondering, did God possibly allow all of this to happen to us? In some way, did God permit this? And they're writing to James and they're asking him that question. And he responds by saying, stop it, stop it, stop it. How dare you even make that allegation? Let no man say when his life is being crushed, decimated and destroyed, I'm being crushed, decimated and destroyed of God. Now, if you look at it there in the King James Version, it says, let no man say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. But it carries the idea of being crushed, decimated, destroyed. But notice he says, of God. In Greek, the word of could have been two possible words. The first word possibly that could have been used is the word hupo. And the second is the word apo. In this text, we have the word apo. But it's important that you understand both of them. The word hupo would have carried the idea of direct agency. They didn't use that word, but if they had used it, it would have meant they were saying, God personally himself came into our lives. He destroyed us. He decimated us. God has allowed all of this tragedy personally himself. That's what the word hoopo would have meant, but they would never use that word and make such an allegation that God would personally destroy them. So instead they used the second word, the word apo, and the word apo means to do something from a distance. And here's what it means. They were alleging. Well, we know that God didn't personally, directly do all of this evil to us, but God is God. And if God wanted to stop it, God could have stopped it, and God did not stop it, and therefore, apo, 
from a distance in some strange and mysterious way that we do not understand. God has somehow oppo from a distance allowed all of these tragic events to come into our life. No, God did not personally do it, but God didn't stop it. And therefore oppo from a distance, God and his sovereignty has permitted all of this to happen to us. And James response to that is very clear. Stop it. Stop it now. I never want to hear it again. How dare you make such an allegation? How could you even think to say such a thing? Let no man say absolutely no one. Never say it again. Let no man say when his life is being crushed, decimated and destroyed. I am being crushed, decimated and destroyed by the distant permissive will of God. And then James says, For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man with evil. It's the equivalent of saying God doesn't have any evil. There's no evil in heaven. God has no experience with evil. Therefore, he doesn't have anything evil to give anybody else. When it comes to evil, God is very innocent. He has no evil. He has no experience with evil. One time evil tried to get into heaven in the person of Lucifer and God immediately removed it because evil does not exist in the presence of God. And James says, hey guys, wake up, use your head. God doesn't have anything evil to give you. This that is happening to you could not come from God. And my friend, I want to tell you, if anybody ever asks you, is there anything God cannot do? The answer is yes. God cannot give evil and destruction to anybody. He just does not do it. That's what Pastor James says in James 1, verse 13. So the question arises, then what does God give? And the answer to that is in verse 17. Look at verse 17. James says, hey guys, if you want to know what comes from God, here's the answer. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Notice he says every, it's all inclusive in Greek. Nothing is left out. Every good and perfect gift. The word good is the Greek word agathos, which always describes something that is beneficial. It adds to your life. The word perfect is the Greek word telos. The word telos describes something that is completing, maturing, or perfecting. So James says, number one, here's the test. If God sends something, it will always, number one, be good. The Greek word agathos, it will add to you. It will be a benefit to you. Number two, it'll be perfect or perfecting, completing, maturing. So the test is very simple. When something happens to you and you wonder, is this from the devil or did God send this? Just ask the question, what does it do to me? Does it add to me? Is it a benefit to me? Does it perfect me? Does it completely, does it make me better? Or does it destroy me? If it comes from heaven, it's going to be good. It's going to be perfecting. If it's destructing, if it takes from you, then it fails the test. It does not come from God. Now you might say, why is this so important? Because you need to know what to resist and what to receive. These believers thought God was sending evil into their life and therefore they were receiving it and probably saying, God, give me the grace to deal with this when they should have been saying, get out of my life. You need to know what you should receive and what you should resist. And James says, if it's evil, if it decimates, if it destroys, it fails the test. But if it comes from God, it's good for you. It's beneficial for you. It's perfecting. It's completing. 
It's maturing. And then he adds, listen to this, every good and perfect gift is from above. That is comparative language as opposed to what comes from below, from the enemy and cometh down from the father of lights as opposed to what comes from the father of darkness. He's speaking in comparative language. If it comes from darkness, it's evil. It's destructive. It is decimating. If it comes from the father of lights from above, it is good. It is perfecting. It is maturing. It is completing. It adds to our life. And James even tells us how many good and perfect gifts God sends our way. He says they come down from the father of lights. Cometh down is a translation of the Greek word kata bino. It's two words in Greek. The word kata describes something that's coming down so hard and so heavy that it is conquering, it is dominating. The word bino means to come down. But when you compound the two words together, it's katabino, which is the very word which was used by the ancient Greeks to describe a downpour or a thunderstorm. Now, I grew up in Oklahoma where we really had downpours. And when we had a good Oklahoma downpour, which would be this Greek word cometh down, the Greek word katabino, the rain came down so hard it was conquering, it was subjugating, it nearly paralyzed us. We couldn't even move because the rain was coming down so hard. If you were driving the car, you couldn't see the line on the road in front of you or the taillights on the car ahead of you. You had to just pull over because katabino, it was coming down so hard, it dominated you. It conquered you. That is the word which James now uses in this verse to tell us how many good and perfect gifts God wants to send into our lives. It is the will of God to dominate us with goodness, to dominate us with perfecting gifts, to send so many wonderful things into our life. So a logical question is, wait, if God is sending so many good and perfect gifts down, 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 down into my life, why am I not occasionally hit by one of them? Well, they have to be received by faith. And if you've got your head in the gutter and you're looking down, wondering why God has allowed all this evil to happen, here God is showering you with goodness, but you don't see it because you're looking in the wrong place. Everything God sends, He sends by faith. You've got to look up and take it by faith. Wow. But wait, He goes on to say, cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. In Greek, the words with whom are parun, the word para, which means to be alongside. It's the equivalent of saying, hey, guys, 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 just come right alongside of God himself. Look into his face, look into his eyes, look into his character. If you can get right up alongside of God and examine him on this issue of what he gives and what he never gives, you'll find that with him on this issue, there's no variableness neither shadow of turning, which in Greek is borrowed from the Roman sundial. And of course, a Roman sundial had a shadow that was moving all the time. Every day, the shadow was never in the same place. And now James says, my friends, God is not like a shifting shadow. You don't have to wonder, well, is this the will of God? Is this not the will of God? Did God do this? Did God not do this? On this issue of what God gives... And what God never gives, he's not a shifting shadow. 
The shadow never moves on this issue. God never changes. The answer is always the same. Verse 13, let no man say when his life is being crushed, decimated, and destroyed. I'm being crushed, decimated, and destroyed from the distant permissive will of God. Number one, that fails the test. God would never do that. Number two, if it's really from God, verse 17, it's going to be good for you, beneficial for you, perfecting. It's going to take you to a new level. That's what God gives. And on this issue, God never budges, which means you don't need to waste your time saying, I wonder if God allowed this tragedy to come into my life. The answer is no, it fails the test. If it takes, if it steals, if it destroys, if it decimates, if it crushes you, it didn't come from heaven, which means it's time for you to use your faith and push that nonsense back across the line because God did not send it to you. The devil wants you to think maybe God allowed it so you'll open your arms and entertain it and receive it and he'll just continue decimating you. But now you know what God does not give and what God does give. You can say, I'm not accepting that. I'm throwing up my arms to receive a downpour of God's goodness into my life. Oh, it is so important that we know what God gives and what God never gives. And by the way, when you give into Walking by Faith TV ministry, you help the clear answers of the Bible go to people all over the world. They need these kinds of answers. Pastor Dwayne brings such clear answers from the scripture, practical, that really helps people. And when you become a partner with Walking by Faith, you help this kind of teaching go into homes all over the world and without even getting out of your chair. Oh, you can change somebody else's life by just going online, making a commitment, or going to the website, clicking a button, just the mere click of a button, and you can change somebody's life. It has never been easier to be a missionary than it is today. So I encourage you to give. And Pastor Dwayne, thank you for letting me be a part of this awesome event. We love you and we thank God for you. Just like Pastor Rick said, if you'd like to help us be the hands and feet of Jesus by partnering with us, we want to give you that opportunity right now. Psalms 40 verse 4 says, Blessings after blessings come to those who love and trust the Lord. When we trust God with our finances, Malachi 3.10 reminds us that He opens the windows of heaven and pours out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Again, tonight we have a $300,000 matching gift. So if you've been looking for the perfect time to start sewing into this ministry, there couldn't be a better time than this. Your gift of $10 becomes $20, $50 becomes $100, and $1,000 becomes $2,000. Here are the four easy ways you can give. On our website, walkingbyfaith.tv give. On our app, with a check or money order. Or text RESGIVE to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the drop-down menu. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, in just a moment, Becca is going to give you a special opportunity to start living for Him. If that's you, please drop a comment in the chat saying, that's me. We want to connect with you and Pastor Duane will be praying for you by name for the next 30 days. So my senior year of high school, I had a teacher named Carla Mullen and she was a phenomenal teacher. And one thing that she would do every time she gave an exam is a week prior to the exam, she would actually hand it out exactly as it would be the next week.
And she would allow us to ask questions and basically give us the answers if we, if we wanted them. The thing I love about that is it reminds me of what faith in God looks like. Because God isn't trying to trick us, just like Carla Mullen wasn't trying to trick us. It says right here in Romans 10, 9, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not a trick. It's not a trick. This is the requirement. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life and you would like to do that, I would love to give you the opportunity to pray along with me. If you are joining us online, you can feel free to say, that's me, right there in the text box, and we will pray along with you. Repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you. I realize I am a sinner in need of your grace. It is by your sacrifice that I am made right with God. And I give my whole life to you today. It's in your mighty name I pray, Jesus. Amen. We want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend this last hour with us. We pray that your faith keeps growing stronger as you plug into God's word and walking by faith. We wanted to leave you with one more song by the Res Life Worship Team. Thank you again and God bless. so undeserving and you shine for all